0: This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder.
1: She's been known as the woman without a face. 17 years ago, her boyfriend fatally shot her mother, Janice Reeves, in the abdomen, and then Carolyn Thomas point blank in the head, taking about 80% of her facial structure. But Carolyn Thomas is an overcomer. She's living her life with faith. Grace and optimism, and it is a tremendous joy and an honor to welcome her here to Central Texas Living, the Thank podcast. You. Carolyn, it is wonderful to see you. Um, and we have an added treat, Sister Ann Rainey is here too. Sister, Rainey, good to see you,
0: yes, ma'am. Good to see you too.
1: And you you are part of her support structure,
0: yes, yes. we're you
1: know, driving her here. Yes. And uh, how long have you two known each other, Carolyn? Uh, uh and you. Uh, introduced
2: me to Mount Zion and to Sister Rainey. Okay. So ever since then, I've
1: been there, you know. a right. the...
0: <laughs> Long time. Obviously, yeah.
1: I've slept <laughs> since that happened. Re- remind me how all that worked uh, about. We were,
2: I don't know, we were going to do an interview or something. Uh-huh. And you said, well, do you have a church home? And I said, no. You know, I had went and visited a couple of churches. And she said, well, you might want to. Try Mount Zion, Mm -hmm. and I did, and Mm -hmm. I've been there since.
1: Well, it is a precious fellowship. I've had the opportunity to go and sing several times, Sister
0: Rainey. Yes, beautifully.
1: Oh well, it it is means so much to you though to have this support sy- system for you. Yes, it, it's really
2: good. Um, you know, Sister Rainy, she th- which I call her now, Mama Rainy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she thinks about me. You know, during the holidays, you know, have you ate? Do you need anything? You need a ride? So she's been awesome and amazing. The, the whole family has.
1: Well, let's but without spending a whole lot of time going back to that night uh december 5th i think it was mm-hmm, 2003, 2003. Mm-hmm. um your boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. he was he was really strung out on the weirdest thing uh, he's smoking a dope yeah soaked it's, in, a, it's a it's formaldehyde it? or mm-hmm, something it yeah, made crazy yeah yeah and it in it in truth truth made him crazy but you had you dated him a long time since mm-hmm. 1992 mm-hmm. i think you were introduced to him but mm-hmm. But you saw signs along the way that there was a real problem with domestic violence. I I think uh, one of the signs that, you know, I think
2: about, and because I watch a lot of crime shows now, and they say that people that harm pets, you know, can be serial killers. And I happened to be going through his drawer and seeing it was um, Polaroid, and he had shot a cat. Oh. And I just thought, wow, that's crazy, but. You know, I didn't know that that was like, you know, like a
1: really big red flag. Mm -hmm. But about three years into your dating relationship, he did. He did physically come after you. Yes. Yes. He was uh,
2: very jealous, um, wanted me to dress a certain way or hang out with uh, certain
1: people. So when I didn't do that, he got angry. Yeah, and, and of course, that night, it was a horrible situation. He was just out of his head, psychotic, Mm -hmm. and you and your mom, your precious mom was Mm -hmm. there You tried trying to calm him down, but he had a weapon. Yeah, he had a weapon. Actually, the weapon,
2: um, I believe it was either in the top of the closet or under the bed. It was a gun that he had uh, before he went to prison. So I didn't know what he had did with it. I just left it in the shoebox and... You know, never thought about it again
1: until that night. Oh my goodness! Well, and of course that night he he shot your mom mm-hmm. in the abdomen, and and then he held the gun to your head. Yes, and and it took eighty percent of your 80% face. Eighty
2: percent of my face. Yeah, I took the uh, took the the right eye, the nose, the top lip, um, basically almost half of my left side of my face.
1: Now that night. A neighbor had already called police because yes. he had, was firing some shots. And so mm-hmm. people heard that. And and so first responders are there. Your mom's still alive. And mm-hmm. she says, see about my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you were so gravely wounded. I think they thought. They thought know. I was dead. Yeah. It's the, uh, I think it's Officer Graham that stepped over me. And then
2: he came back and stepped over me again. And that's when I grabbed his ankle.
1: And that was a shock to him. Oh
2: yeah, it it messed him up.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so they so they get get you in, and you know, of course, sadly, your your mom passed away. She mm-hmm. was she was too gravely yes. uh, injured. Um But as a mom, you know, she was she was thinking of you first. Yeah, she was because her um,
2: the reason how she passed out in the corridor, she was trying to get a neighbor uh, to call nine one one. And I'm not mad at any of my neighbors or angry with any of them, you know. If someone knocked on my door and there were gunshots going on, I would definitely call nine one one. But I'll be a, be kind of sketchy about opening the door.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you you had horrific facial injuries. No, mm-hmm. no, no doubt about that. And uh, so, so as your medical team, let's talk about. The the amazing things that have happened since. Yes, I mean initially you had what a dozen surgeries. Yes, and I of call course, them the the dream team. The dream team, and they are at uh, Methodist. Yes, in Houston. Yes, and uh, I think what was I didn't really understand, but uh, your doctor, um, Doctor Alfred. Yeah, right, right. He was he was a part of um, a national organization that helps uh, people who have had similar situations uh, where it, they... It's called Face to Face. Yeah, tell me about that.
2: Face to Face is an organization that um, if you have a, a need for reconstructive surgery, and they'll give it to you from the neck up. Hmm.
1: So so he's a, he's a member of this organization. Right. You come in with probably the worst case he's ever seen, oh, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just you know, you know, to get to get you in a good position, but they know this is going to be long term. This is the rest of your life. They'll be oh, yeah. caring for you. Yes, they have been. um
2: All of 2019 from March until maybe September, October, I was having surgeries that whole year. I had got an infection and we were trying to, you know, get the infection and, you know, get the eye together. And so yeah, we had to do it a uh, a couple of
1: times. It it's uh, the kind of thing though that that they're family to you now, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Those medical professionals. Especially Dr.
2: Alfred. He, <laughs> yeah. he thinks he's my dad. So, <laughs> but I love him to death and if I ever get married, he said he was going to walk me down the aisle.
0: So, oh, if that happens my goodness.
2: I'm I'll be excited I love that.
1: <laughs> well, you need to talk to Mia Thomas. I had her <laughs> on and she 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 she's kind of spoken to existence her her fiance so you know you, you you chat with her about that um but but i read a wonderful article by shanley pearson texas medical center news uh, mm-hmm. he was you know Reporting your situation, mm-hmm. and in it he quoted Doctor Alford as saying, "There are parts of the body meant to be used as spare parts. The middle three quarters of the fibula has mm-hmm. no function. I didn't know any of this. It, he says it doesn't bear weight, doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So he was was able to take that bone and really remake a uh, cheekbone, uh, yes. right? Mm-hmm. They did an awesome job. If anyone has ever seen
2: the photos before I started surgery up until now, I mean it's it's amazing. I, fantastic.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just a <laughs> way
2: in way in on this. And so um yeah they did they did an awesome, awesome, awesome job. Um, in
1: in fact they kind of call it the ten foot test. Yes. Tell me about we, that. What is that?
2: Um the ten foot test is where you can be ten feet away uh, from like a family member or a friend or you could just be walking and they can't tell that you've had surgery. Mm-hmm. So f- from ten feet away, it look I look normal.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> it's a it's a prosthetic though that mm-hmm. you can take off, right? Yeah, my nose is a prosthetic,
2: mm-hmm. and uh, every year I go down to MD Anderson and get a new one. And really, like, every year I every don't think year. I knew it was that often. Mm-hmm. Every year I get to go and get a new one. So I've had the ladies that do the nose, oh my gosh, they've been
1: with me the whole time. Yeah, again, more family members, yes. I guess.
2: <laughs> yes, more family.
1: <laughs> so, um, and this is this is free. This has not been any cost to you? No. Um uh with the um
2: surgeries with Dr. Alfred, like I said, face to face. Um, took care of the reconstructive surgery from the neck up and um he just got a a, a a heap load of doctors that come in that were special in the things that they did. Like So Parker, Dr. So Parker, his thing is the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Dr. Cohen. He um, did the dental implants. So everybody had a little job to do.
1: Right, right. And um, if we could talk just a little bit about, about Terrence, what mm-hmm. happened with with him? He is in prison he got two life sentences, so he has to do like
2: sixty years before he can even come up for parole. But I'm not even worried about
1: that because he's not getting out. No, no. Uh-huh. Has there been any contact? Has no, he, he has not
2: contacted me.
1: Not tried of, to make amends or no. anything Mm-mm. like that. No, because
2: we were going to do, um, a thing with Oprah, and I, I think they went to the prison and spoke with him. Hmm. And uh, like I said, some of his friends reach out to me and it kind of scares me that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, can I see, have your number or can I come by? And I'm like, no, Mm -mm. you know, I don't want to associate with any of his friends and.
1: In his family either, I guess. Right. Well, of course, this was, you, you were an international, national figure for sure, uh, because of what happened and, and how doctors have been able to help you, uh, but you were on Larry King. Oh, yeah, and Larry King. How What was that experience like? Oh, I love Larry. I wish he was still on. He's a sweetheart. And, uh, and you were on Oprah's yes. show, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. Oprah's show, yeah. I think
2: I did her show maybe two times, I think.
1: And... And there was a documentary done as well. Let's talk about that. Uh,
2: yes, the documentary was called uh, Plastic Surgery Before and After. And uh, Dr. Jan, I can't think of his last name, but Dr. Jan was like the narrator. And they uh, filmed my first six surgeries. So wow. those were the rough ones. The first six were rough. hmm
1: and so that, that's, you know, all been documented. And so now folks mm-hmm. can, is it, and I'm sure physicians, you know, have studied this case. And. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Alfred, you know, he takes
2: um, his work to conferences and, and things like that. So I'm kind of excited about, um, if the Lord says so, moving to Houston in July. And I'll be able to attend some of those conferences as well and, and speak about, you know, what he did.
1: Well, let's talk about what what Liza had, and the re- reason I got in touch with you right away is that I saw you you you, you were thinking about moving, and I thought I've got to get Carolyn on, on uh, Central Texas Living podcast before you before you get away. So, yeah. what will you be doing in Houston? What do you see?
2: Well, I'm going to team up with this other organization. I don't want to say their name right now, but okay. we're going to team up and do some amazing things uh we we've already got two houses um for women and children of domestic violence so it's it's looking good and i'm just still in waco
1: yeah and and you did found uh an organization let's talk about uh voices for all your foundation yes voices for all um
2: here in the past, you know, through the years of being here, my organization has only been able to do, like, school supplies, uniforms, pampers, and those things. Mm-hmm. I want to get out and venture out and do a whole lot more. I know there's more that I can do.
1: So you have had an, a great platform mm-hmm. to talk to women. Yes, what is the takeaway what is it you want them to understand from from what you've gone through and really are still going through
2: i just want them to understand that if he hits you one time he is definitely going to hit you again i don't know if it's tomorrow or next month but it's going to happen and when it does i need for them to come up with a safety plan on how to get out of that relationship
1: Um, Sister Rainey, I'm sure, you know, in your ministry and working with um, families, you've seen similar kind of situations. You know, tell me, you know, your thoughts on this.
0: Well, my thoughts on this is God always have a ram in the bush. (laughs) And only thing we need to do is just yield to him, and he'll take care of us. He has taken care of Carolyn and a lot of other women, and they really need someone to talk to and to express themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A couple of years ago, uh, the women at the church had a dinner down in Belton at a uh, Dead restaurant, I believe, mm-hmm. on the yeah. lake. Yeah, Dead Fish
1: Grill, yeah. Yeah,
0: and... We all got together, and it was just we sit up and let each other know what we have gone through Mm -hmm. because what I go through is different from what you go through. And, And instead of keeping it to ourselves, we sat around, we had dinner, and it was magnificent. We had a marvelous time. We cried, we prayed, and it was just women saying, I didn't know that other people was going through this, so we really need a voice out to let them know about domestic violence, about that husband abuse, right. men being abused. Yeah, men are as well. Yes yes. yes. and instead of keeping it to ourselves, men is not going to <clears throat> excuse me men is not going to express themselves as women do. They are holding in. But if one person would just say yes, I'm in this. I know what you're going through. That's how the other person need to know.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's the isolation, Carolyn. You you said he was very controlling. Mm-hmm. Wanted to keep you from probably keep you from friends, friends and they, and family. keep you mm-hmm. isolated. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. definitely. But when we moved in together, that's when I really found out that he was really jealous. Um, And that would be probably the first time that he hit me. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, like, what was that about? I was initially on the phone um, with an ex-boyfriend that was married at the time. And we just kind of kept in touch with each other. You know, like, what are you doing? You know, how the kids, you know, that type of thing. And he just couldn't believe, you know, that you can have a friendship with a man that you used to
1: date. So yeah, so with that warning sign, you know what? In retrospect, <laughs> would you have just you know said this guy is he's a problem, yeah. or is it that I can change him? You, you know? know, if he just loved me more, he would never hit me again.
2: Yeah, you know what? And and that was one of the things that I said in the beginning. He was really nice. We had you know good times, but I, you know, just over the years, I guess he didn't want me to be with anybody else. And I thought it was a joke. Like he would always say, If you leave me, I'll kill you. Well, mm. I laughed about it.
1: Yeah, he couldn't have been serious. Yeah. About that. That's what I thought. But that night he's got the gun to your head. He did not kill you. But do you think he really intended to? I think he I think he was intending
2: to kill me. Yeah. Um in the beginning I kind of thought maybe he was just trying to disfigure me. But he wasn't. He was he was trying to kill me because he said that over the years. If you leave me, I'll kill you.
1: But you're here, yeah. And so let's talk about let's talk about that. Um, I mean, God had a reason, right? Yeah, He, he definitely had a reason. He definitely put some awesome people, uh,
2: nurses, doctors, uh, in place for me. And it was it was hard in the beginning, and and, and still is kind of hard with the holidays. I kind of get depressed. Oh, um, well, you miss it, your mom? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 I do she was like my best
1: friend so <laughs> yeah well but she's got she got mama Rainey here <laughs> yeah i got mama Rainey. and the other mama is definitely an angel of a watching yeah. over yeah absolutely well i know you have been you know very active with voices for all in in raising awareness mm-hmm. about domestic violence and and like you say sister Rainey, you know people if they just knew you know they're not alone and yeah. that
0: alone, no.
1: So suggestions of where folks can call. You know, maybe they're listening and, you know, I don't, I don't even know who to call. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233.
2: Here in Waco, we also have the uh, Family Abuse Center, yes. who was very active in my life in the beginning as well. Yes, yes. And the Advocacy Center. I used to go there uh, for homicide classes. There
1: there are a lot of support mm-hmm. for, for yeah. groups, for for people that are finding themselves yeah. in this situation.
2: But if you don't ask, you won't know. So you have to kind of ask questions. You know, do, do you know of a shelter? Do you know, um, you know, what number I can call to get services? And so, yeah.
1: Well, and often, you know, when there are children involved, that just complicates things. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of women do stay because of the children, right that's the financial support mm-hmm. and I
0: think they do that, and the women I think they do that because they don't know the end better. Mm-hmm. If you don't know better, you don't do better
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if you know better, you' do better, so that's the reason why we need as as elderly as women we need to express we need to teach, we need to. Constantly teach them how to respect themselves, how to respect others, mm-hmm. well, regardless of the color, regardless if you' big, fat, ugly, <laughs> cockeyed, whatever. You know.
1: <laughs> well, and and of course, kids they learn what they see, oh, and that's yeah. that's yeah. how that cycle then yeah. gets established. Yeah. And, and that was kind of like it
2: with me. My dad was abusive to my mom, mm. and. It was our dirty little secret. Like nobody talked about it. Nobody said, um, hey, Carolyn, you're not supposed to let a man hit you. or He's not supposed to do that. And maybe I would have known, you know, I, I, I seen it. I wouldn't say that I thought it was normal, but I definitely knew what was going on with my mom and dad.
1: Yeah, those those kind of patterns have to be broken. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have
0: to. They have to. Yeah. yeah
1: so your faith what has your faith meant to you through all this whoa i tell you what my in the like before
2: i got shot i believed in god i knew he existed The the power that he had but when i got shot and i had a out of body experience did you yeah and it was it was like falling down a tunnel it was dark but the light was at the bottom of the tunnel and when I was falling down this tunnel, I, I honestly, you know, I felt the presence of God. He was there. And I also felt the presence of the devil. He was there. Really? And it was like, you know, they're battling over my soul. Like, you know, who's going to get her? And in the midst of that, I just said, God, forgive me for all my sins. That's when I woke up. That's when I heard my mother. And, and that's why I still thought she was alive
1: because she was talking to me. That's profound. That's profound. Yeah. Sister Rainey, it's a blessing to see you. I I always like to end these um, little visits with a questionnaire. It's uh, similar to the one the late, great James Lipton used on Inside the Actor's Studio. But, uh, so I'm going to ask you both these questions. So just first thing kind of pops off the top of your head. Oh, and I'm, my God. <laughs> I'm going to start with you, Carolyn. Uh-oh. What is your favorite word? Okay. Good. I say that a lot. Do you? <laughs> I do. Okay. Okay. I yes. just did it. All right. Sister run
0: what about you? My favorite word? My favorite word, truly favorite word is love. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. What's your least favorite word? Oh, gosh.
2: I'm trying to think it's a saying that everybody was, uh, oh, gosh, because everybody was saying it. I cannot remember what it was. Uh, Oh, I'm living my best life. So
1: (laughs) Yeah, you yeah, you see that. So, yes, so you're not on board was, with yeah. that whole
2: Everybody was living their best
1: life. I'm like, well what do I need to do? I want to live mine too. <laughs> okay. What about you, sister Rainy? The lease. Yeah. A word you just don't don't like. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that a lot from my guests. They don't I, they don't I like can't. that negative kind of can't yeah. be done attitude. can't be
0: done. But it can be done.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very good. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally? I'll start with you, Sister Rainey.
0: What turns me on is when I see young people serving God and serving their country. I'm crazy about veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tell them, don't mess with my veterans. I don't care who they are. <laughs> you don't can't we can't my, thank them don't, enough. Don't mess with my children. I mm-hmm. don't care. If I didn't give birth, they still mine because God put them on my plate. Yep. So don't mess with them, and I know something about it. Okay. So I love children, and I love veterans. All
1: right. Mm-hmm. So what turn what turns you on creatively, or spiritually, or emotionally? Mm. I think what uh,
2: you know spiritually turns me on, and it, it's kind of crazy. Um, my dog landed. We are. Both survivors. Uh, he's had two slip discs. Uh, oh. While we were in Houston, he got his leg wrapped around the lamp cord. And so, you know, when I'm walking him and I'm just like, "Well,
1: wow,
2: my dog is a survivor. I'm yep. a survivor. He made it. I made it. We're going to be awesome.
1: Your story is exciting to me about how you you are an overcomer you truly are. I I've seen some cute pictures of of your puppy on on oh Facebook too. He's a mess. All right, so so what turned you off creatively?
2: I think with dealing with the domestic violence field when I asked women um you know to talk about it and you know, you want to go on the show or you want to do things, and they're, and they're ashamed. And and I guess I don't understand being ashamed because when I woke up in a hospital, it was like, boom, cameras were on, and it was
1: like, hey, girl, and pull it together. Put a smile
2: on. Get it together.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it really put you, it put you in a very prominent position, yeah. this horrific thing that happened to you.
2: And, and people ask all the time. You know, how did you get to meet all these people? How did you get to meet on these shows? And I'm trying to think of the gentleman that uh, wrote the article in People Magazine. Hmm. I think when he dubbed me, the woman without a face. So he's the one that called Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And after that, it just kind of blew up because everybody wanted to know, like, why does she not have a face?
1: Yeah. But it did give that that platform really for you to be able to tell your story Mm -hmm, and sister Rainey for other women to, to go, Hey, you know, it could be really bad, you know? And so what do I need to do to fix things? Mm -hmm. Right, right. So what turns you off creatively or spiritually sister Mm Rainey?
0: When I see poverty, Mm -hmm. you know, people hungry going through things. And especially when someone have, parents, mother, or father, and they don't appreciate them. Uh. They don't take care of them. They don't feed them. And, you know,
2: I see that a lot. Mama Rainey, when I see older or elderly people walking, I'm just like, they don't have no kids. They don't have no grandkids. It's just awful. And back then, you know, you were able to pick people up and give people rides, but you just can't do that anymore.
1: Yeah, we've there's been, certainly with the pandemic, there's mm-hmm. been a lot even more isolation mm-hmm. that's kind of been imposed on folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like you say, you need to be proactive, call, check on people. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Regardless, even if they are not old, yeah. you know, there's somebody next door. Because mm-hmm. people next door be going through things that you don't even realize. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to check. You know, you, yeah, you, you have you to don't be. Know. A long time ago, they they were caught what well, now they call it nosy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you just nosy. Yes, I am. I'm concerned about yeah. you.
2: Yeah, but so, you know what? Yeah. My neighbor downstairs, and when I first moved in those apartments, that's what they called her the nosy neighbor. Like she had the blinds with the crack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how often she looked out that you could see the yeah. crack in the blind. Yeah. But if it wasn't for the nosy neighbor. I don't think 911 would have came. Right. Because she called 911. She heard that gunshot?
1: Yeah. Actually,
2: one of the bullets, she lives downstairs. Mm-hmm. So he was just like doing a random shot or something and it went down into her apartment. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she had
2: just got up off the couch. Thank God it didn't hit her. Oh, mm, my goodness.
1: What sound do you love the most, Carolyn?
2: Hmm. You know what? I'm a big music fan. Uh, I like the sound of music. Mm-hmm. I like the the sound of when I've done a speech and I get down and I'm like, "What you know? How was the speech?" And they like, "We really liked it. It was really good and informative." So, yeah, those things. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, mm-hmm. Sister Runny, what sound do you sound,
0: like? I love music mm-hmm. and I also like the sound of praise. Yeah, praise mm-hmm. and. Just the sound, if you just say Jesus, if you say it too many times, you're going to begin to feel it. Uh And that feeling is just love. Yeah. Uh So I enjoy that.
1: Mm -hmm. What's your least favorite sound? Gunshots. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, my word. Yeah. Because wow. uh, it was really
2: scary when I came home. Mm. Everybody thought that I should get a firearm, um, because of what had happened in the past with this other young lady. And uh I would uh go to the indoor range we had here. I don't know if he's uh-huh. still here, I'd go there. And then I um also took uh Johnny Price, I think. He had a cl- he has a class that goes on at um uh 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 Uncle Dan's, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, so I
1: took that class. So saw. you did take a class, but you don't like the sound of gunshots. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What about you, Sister Rainey, your least favorite sound? The least
0: favorite sound uh, is, I don't, I don't like the sound of the word of someone telling me that they are hungry.
1: Mm.
0: Because either just seeing it, I have a habit of feeding, you know. Uh, giving mm-hmm. and I tried to follow in God's footsteps because God, He gave. You know, they asked me at say I cook for about 36 of them, nurses and doctors, so I always give them food and mm-hmm. cook them. And they say, Mom, why are you always doing that? I say, I like it. I said, God gave, He gave us His only begotten Son. So I like giving. Right.
1: Oh, i I was on the receiving end many times. I'd be on the air doing mm-hmm. TV and have a head cold and the next thing I know there'd be a basket of oatmeal cookies. <laughs> In yeah. case you know yeah. that's my comfort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sister Rainey's taking care of she's taking care of me. Yeah. Oh uh, what what profession would you like to have tried that you maybe I didn't? would have
2: uh liked to continued on with my um alcohol and drug abuse
1: counselling. Yeah.
2: That I was taking at NCC, I would have loved to finish that. Mm-hmm.
1: What job do you know you wouldn't want to do?
2: I wouldn't want to scoop up poop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have a dog that. I know. <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sister Rainey, is there a, a profession you would have liked to have tried w- your hand at?
0: Well, I guess I I, I really have done that because I like speaking, I like doing my poems. Yeah. I like uh ministering to other people. You know, speaking as as a missionary, I would like to have been able to go out mm-hmm. a little bit more. But he set me down and put people around to who I need to reach. So yeah. I, I, I'm pleased. You're doing, you're doing, is there there any job you
1: know you wouldn't want to do?
0: I wouldn't want to be the president.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's definitely that a very good, good. One. All right. Last question. What do you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Carolyn, I, I am proud of you. Come on in. Everybody's waiting on you.
0: mm Well, when the gate swings open. hmm I would like for him to look at me and say, "Well done, my mm-hmm. good and faithful servant."
1: Right. Amen. Come Amen. on in, Sister Ann Rainey. Thank you so thank much. You it is a much. joy to see <laughs> yes, you again. Yes. And Carolyn, mm. I'm just in awe of you. I'm, I really, I really am, and appreciate so much our friendship and yes. and what all you're doing, and and anxious to see what happens in the coming days. Oh, it's gonna
2: be amazing. It's already starting. So. I'm excited. I'm not even in Houston yet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. Are Are you building a new business while managing a family? Are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short? Then there's a podcast made just for you. Baking Your Business From Scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love. Come join us and see for yourself.